but it is another plug for medieval times. Go there. You can be a knight for the evening or something. I don't know. All right, middle, medieval times. This is your ad. You need to pay us now. I know, right? <laughs> if only it worked that way. Every time you mention a company, it's like, give me money now. Uh. Uh. <laughs> Apoptosis is going mad, my liver's gonna fail. Maybe it's from the radium I use to paint my nails. Well, say you hate me, carbon date me, throw me in the sea. I'll be back with time because I'm made of stardust and chemistry. A stardust and chemistry. Hello and welcome to Cowboy Chemistry, where we talk about the wilder days of chemistry. My name is Dylan Gardner. My pronouns are they, them, and I am a chemist um, at Texas Tech. Getting, I'm a PhD candidate. My guest today is Morgan Hyman, a senior advisor of biology, an event host at the Alamo Draft House, um, best movie theater in Lubbock, and a local comedian. How are you doing? I am great. First podcast ever. First ever. First, yeah, I think I think so. Unless I took Ambien and went on some, but I don't think I did. (laughs) All right. Um, Well, it's an honor to have you. Um, I am very excited to be here and and to talk about uh, this this particular topic. It sounds fun as heck. Yeah. Uh, So I know you're a senior advisor of biology, but like, how much chemistry would you say you know? Um, I know about as much chemistry as I do biology, which is little to none. (laughs) My (laughs) my background is in history. I, I just uh, got got in on the ground floor of academic advising and uh, and uh, got lucky that I knew some people and got hired on about a year ago at biology. Don't <laughs> need to know it to advise it. Just need to know which classes. Right, right. But uh, but yeah. So so I'm I'm not a very, you know, I actually probably know more about chemistry as far as like cooking and and uh, and eating and that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so. Gotcha. Do you do a lot of cooking? I do. I cook a lot at home, uh, more once I get my own place again. But uh, yeah, love to cook. Oh, cool. Uh, I feel like everyone everyone here has really likes to cook. I know you like to cook, Selena. Yes. Yeah. You don't have a mic. Oh, no. I do have one. Oh, um, you do have I one. I do like to cook. <laughs> Selena always puts her two cents in. But yeah, so today, though, we're going to talk about Ig Nobel Prizes. So... Um, yeah, Ig Nobel Prizes, uh, for the listeners who don't know, is a satirical prize awarded annually since 1991 um, to honor achievements that first make people laugh and then make them think. <laughs> Speaking of thinking, I just got that it's Ig, Ig Nobel Prizes. Mm-hmm. I was just thinking Ig Nobel Prizes because I'm not that smart. <laughs> yeah, because it's supposed to be like a pun. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a pun if you know a lot of words. <laughs> Yeah. Ignoble, I don't feel like it's a word that a lot of people use on an everyday basis, but if you appreciate this award, you probably know that word. I'm mm-hmm. guessing. <laughs> See, that's at least smarter than my response, which is like IG Noble Prizes, like Instagram. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, cool. Yeah. <laughs> that was like legit. Yeah. Wow, it's been around since the early yeah. 90s. Crazy. Who knew? It was like on paperback so form. Terminally online, I guess. <laughs> yeah, same, same. 
you're, you're still not as bad as some people I've seen. Like, there are some people I've seen recently that I'm just like, go touch some grass. Oh, go yeah. touch grass. Yeah, yeah. There's, I mean, I know a lot of people that are like the totally TikTok brain. I'm like, how do you, do you have other thoughts or do you just repeat things that you see on TikTok? Mm-hmm. And I love TikTok, but oh, like yeah. sometimes you just get into a corner and you're like, yeah. you, you need to go talk yeah, to I'm other like, people. I need to talk to a human being or <laughs> at least a dog. Yeah, it's, it's not a great uh, source of information for growing minds <laughs> whereas i think it, this podcast think probably it can is be, but there's just so yeah. much yeah you, you have to be careful and yeah. really so cultivate much, it yeah there's a lot of detritus yes. to mix through notice i use that word not uh, the uh the four-letter word that i wanted to use <laughs> yeah. pg-13 PG um, <laughs> i'm gonna use as many scientific terms as i can follow us on tiktok yeah <laughs> i just posted one today uh that I, I very much enjoy. And it's like, don't go to the gym because, you know, you want to be strong or attractive. Go to the gym because it's funny to be jacked in a profession that you don't need to be jacked in. Oh, yeah, like Carrot Top? <laughs> that dude is jacked. Is he? He's, he's gotten jacked. Like, since he, he, he's got I was huge say, muscles. I thought he was, like, really skinny. Uh, he was, like, in the 90s. But he's, like, super jacked now. It's weird. That is weird. In case, like, somebody comes up on stage in Vegas, he can just, like, beat him down with his props. Mm. I've heard he's a super nice guy, so I don't want to make too much fun of him, but he is he is it, ridiculous. It, but it does add to the comedy. <laughs> it does. Um, okay, I, I, won't keep, keep, I won't keep getting off track. I'm sorry. No, you're good. Um, but yeah, so to give a little background on what the Ig Nobel Prizes are and why people talk about them. So the Ig Nobel Prizes are presented, um, they're presented by Nobel laureates at the ceremony. Um, they do it at the Sanders Theater in at Harvard University. So like, these are like some of the biggest people. Um, and then a lot of the winners give public lectures at MIT after. So, um, so it's not quite as shady as the Raspberry Awards, which are like the awards they give for like the worst movies of the year. Like there's the Oscars mm. and there's the Golden Raspberries. And they award like, for instance, like, Elizabeth Berkeley won for Showgirls because she gave a horrible performance. So mm. it's not quite that. It's like, it's like, good job, buddy. Is it kind of like that? Um. So like, so it depends on what year you're talking about. Because okay. like a lot of the ones in the beginning, like if you look all the way back to like the 90s, a lot of them are kind of like, um, like joke ones. So yeah, like, they they seem like they're throwing some shade at those people. Yeah. So I'm some trying of to them use are, that term because really... I'm 40 and I don't want to seem old. <laughs> Yeah, some of them are really, like, throwing shade, very satire, yeah. especially, yeah. like, if, if they hand out a science education award, mm-hmm. they're always making fun of whoever they're giving oh, the okay. science education award Got to. Um, the Peace Prize is almost always satirical. Okay. Because, um, like, uh, the one, there's one, yeah, so in 2013, they gave the no, the Ig Nobel Prize, uh, the Peace Prize, to... Um, the president of Belarus. So, if you don't know, Belarus is kind of a dictatorship, or it is yeah, a dictatorship. Yeah, it's an Eastern Bloc country, right? Or a former Soviet bloc? Right? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Yeah. Um, but he made it illegal to applaud in public. Wow. Uh, and then apparently the Belarus state police arrested a one armed man for applauding. And that was the prize in 2013. I, have a, I had a one armed <laughs> uncle, and he would have loved that. He would have laughed his, his remaining arm off at that joke. <laughs> He he was Uncle Jack, One Arm Jack. I'll have to talk. Did about you him call on him One Arm Jack? No, but he would have us look up his sleeve and be like, "Hey, is it growing back yet?" He was my grandpa's older brother, so he uh, he was a funny guy. But uh, <laughs> yeah, he uh, no, he, he just just Uncle Jack. 
<laughs> Got you. Yeah. Uh, now he has no arms because he's dead. <laughs> I mean, I guess he's the last one. I was going to say, I mean, he's no longer he functional. He's the last one. <laughs> <laughs> Dig him up and find out. <laughs> Okay, so um, so is there going to be like a through line with this, or are we just kind of going to go year by year and pick some of the more like entertaining ones? Uh, I was just going to talk about the ones that I thought was funny. Okay, cool. Um, I don't. Yeah. I, you're the host. I'm just here to add color. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, I was just going to talk about the ones that I thought were particularly notable. Okay. Yeah. There cool. have to be Nazis in this episode, right? Oh. There's not Nazis. Yeah, it started in the 90s, so... I'm not sure that this is a... This is appropriate. This might be... No, I'm just Oh, kidding. man. <laughs> I love Nazi podcasts. But yeah. I don't love Nazis. Almost every podcast... Almost every episode we've done so far has yeah. included that, Nazis. That makes... Anything that has yeah. involves, like, history or science, I mean, yeah. Uh, yeah, a lot of chemistry goes back to World War II. Yeah. And so, World War II, you get Nazis, you get yeah. the U.S., um... Mm-hmm doing a lot of nuclear experiments like yeah. a lot of that stuff go- like even penicillin went back to world right. war Two. <laughs> i mean it was yeah so yeah yeah it's salk right hmm? is it jonas salk is that penicillin mm. or am i thinking of someone else who's jonas salk i don't know oh man Nobody. somebody somebody listening to this is screaming he's That's this not guy penicillin, though you gotta listen to the episode uh, yeah no it's penicillin yes. um the only one of note is oh, alexander is fleming okay is that the one with hobart on it Hmm? Is, that, is that the one with Chris Hobart? Hobart? Yes. Yeah, okay. that's penicillin. Cool, cool, yeah. Cool. Yeah, because he's like a like a pharmacist, right? Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. We ended up talking about about medications. And so why. yeah, I'm sure he's he's got a lot more knowledge coming in than I do, uh, but I will do my best. But yeah, so uh, if you are wanting to watch it, it gets broadcast every year. Mm. So NPR broadcasts it um, on Science Friday on the Friday after Thanksgiving. Oh, so if you cool. want to listen to it, you can listen to it there. Um, they also put a lot of the shows on YouTube. So if you want to watch on YouTube, um, I believe the award ceremony is already up on YouTube for this year. So if you're not into Black Friday shopping, absolutely watch this on YouTube. Yeah. Yeah. Sweet. Um, okay. It's a much better thing to do with oh, your 100%, Black Friday. Yeah. <laughs> Screw consumerism. That sucks. But yeah. So I'll let you go first. What what one was your favorite? Um, well, I wrote down a few and there's so many funny ones that I really had to like just stop because I'm like, I don't have time. I've, I'm at work right now. So, um, which I work very hard for the biology department. I want in case anyone wants uh, that I know listens to this. So no, the first year, the guy, uh, Robert, Col- there were a couple of them that were about guys. So one guy who came up with the idea of like Nobel prize winners and, and like athletes donating sperm to like for, for, uh, insemination purposes. Cause I've heard of that. I've heard of like this, like there, there supposedly this, this is a, this is a rumor that I have heard from several people like underneath the ice skating rink in, um, what do you call it? Um, Rockefeller center. Okay. Supposedly there's tons and tons of like frozen sperm of all like the most smartest people, like Nobel prize winners and stuff. So like in case the world goes like, you know, gets, gets, um, you know, exploded, uh, then we would have, we could go ahead and like get smart people on the, uh, you know, repopulate the world with smart, smart people's genetic material. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they freeze eggs from like women that are smart. I would uh, bet they not. should. They, they probably not because it seems like a super sexist thing. But that guy, and then there was another guy the next year, Dr. Cecil Jacobson, who like improved the method for like freezing sperm. I don't know why 
those two fast any i mean i'm a, I'm a dude so anything to do with like <laughs> uh, you know like my 10 year old self and then <laughs> you know th- those are the funny ones i think but um so uh but yeah that's that's kind of a thing where where uh one of those rumors where they where they freeze the the i feel like i'm saying, saying the word sperm too often of <laughs> of like athletes and nobel prize winners i mean you know and if every you know some of those guys probably you know left a lot around anyway, like uh, Wilt Chamberlain, as, as far as in, in the sports world. But um, so uh, that was funny. And then the one, the Dan Quell one cracked me up. And we were we were talking about, because uh, I'm old and stuff, <laughs> I, Dan Quell was the vice president under George H.W. Bush. Mm-hmm. And he, um, uh, he was just kind of a dummy. Like uh, he would say really, uh, he, well, okay, so... He was not the smartest guy to ever be elected, um, you know, kind of like the guy who just left office a little while ago. But he was he was not like audacious, like the most. Um, he would just say some goofy thing, like he would he spelled misspelled the word potato. He's it's like p o p o t a t o e. He ended it with mm. an e, and that became like a big controversy. Not a controversy, but like but people hey, made fun of him. Yeah, people that. made fun of him, and there was an episode of Murphy Brown a TV show from the nineties that no one remembers, but me, uh, where they dumped uh, a, a truckload of potatoes in front of the white house. Like, ha ha, <laughs> we got you Dan Quayle. Um, but, uh, it's because he had said something about like the Murphy Brown character being like a single mother and how like, that's not right. Kids should have two parents. And you know, it was like, it's, it was goofy, but, uh, yeah. So that one, that one cracked me up too. But, uh, well, I, I want to hear about some more that you found interesting. Okay. Uh, yeah. So, well, I, I didn't find any like from the very first year, but from 1993, I, I found one that I thought was really funny. Oh, wow. It was given to, so it's the 1993 in physics given by um, Louis uh, Curvon from France. Um, he, from the, from the prize itself, he was apparently an ardent admirer of alchemy for his conclusion that the calcium in chicken's eggshells is created by a process of cold fusion. <laughs> So basically what happened is this guy took chickens. He did not feed them calcium. Okay. okay? And like chicken eggs are made of calcium, right? Right, yeah. So he didn't feed them calcium, but um, he did give them uh, mica. And mica usually doesn't have calcium in it. It usually has potassium in it. Oh, okay. okay. Um, which calcium, potassium, very similar. Mm-hmm chemically reactive speaking but yeah so basically he said the chicken eggs were taking that potassium the chickens in the chicken bodies mm-hmm. were taking potassium and turning it into calcium i don't know much about chickens but that don't sound right no so like <laughs> that's why i say so cold cold fusion is also like a um a, a physics like fringe science physics i okay. think some people are still like trying to make it work but there's so fusion happens in the sun Okay. Okay. So okay. It, it requires a lot of heat, a lot of um, pressure. Sure. The yeah. conditions of which do not exist inside a chicken. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't th- unless unless there's a lot about chickens we don't know yet. Yeah. I know um, they're delicious, but that's that's a, I mean that's about it. And eggs too. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so they were the the this is one of the satirical prizes that were given because um he was saying that the chickens were basically doing alchemy by turning potassium into calcium. I I, lo- I love that that a guy in 1993 is talking about alchemy like he's you know Ma- was it not Magellan who's the alchemy guy Archimedes <laughs> I don't know I 
Never mind. This is a chemistry not podcast, sure not, um, not an old. I was, I was just going to say, though, like, if, if chickens really are that hot, though, is that where Popeye's gets their chicken sandwich? Ooh. I mean, pe- it's spicy. Okay, never mind. Um, no, oh, pe- we mean people, spicy. Were, people were assaulting <laughs> each really other hot, over that you know, chicken sandwich. I feel like Popeye's chicken's not that spicy. It's not. Okay. It's it's white people spicy. That's which fair. Is, which is spicy enough for my mom. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, I know. My mom's so funny about spice. Uh, something about a mom. Yeah. Everything gets spicier when you're uh-huh. a mom. I don't understand what it yeah. is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's something about the, I don't know, the momness of it all. Like, I can't handle that. I can't handle that movie or that language or... I I'm talking about my moms. moms. It's white this, moms. It's that's white not moms. any of the moms that I have. <laughs> none, of the, none of your moms. My, my, my mom. Hashtag not my mom. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I need to start that one too. Not my mom. No, I'm very much her kid, unfortunately. Uh, unfortunately. The other one from 1993, which I thought was adorable, was the Nobel Prize for Chemistry, went to uh, James and Gaines Campbell of Lookout Mountain, Tennessee. And the reason it caught my attention was because Lookout Mountain... Uh, I've been there. But they won for inventing what's called scent strips, also known as scratch and sniff. I wrote that one down. It's like <laughs> if you get like a like a magazine, like a yeah. whatever I don't what magazines are still made, like a people magazine, and they're like, Oh hey, it's the new Calvin Klein scent. And it's like <laughs> I never thought that that would need to be invented. I just thought like, oh yeah. So. You just spray perfume on it. So prior to what year was that? Was like the early mid nineties. Yeah, that, that it was given in nineteen ninety three. So it had to be invented I, before that. Okay, yeah, because I feel like that's that's so. I remember that. I remember like, and people would grab those little things and like rub it under their arms or on their neck or whatever. Really? They would, Did it work? White trash people. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, 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 people of a lower. Um, like and they would do it like in the magazine in the uh, doctor's office. They pull the th- rip the thing out of a magazine and be like, "Oh, I'm gonna smell like this today." Mm. Uh, it's uh, I've seen it in, in person. I don't... I don't think that's something magazine. You can't do that with the internet. You can't do that on your phone. Mm-hmm. Like uh, we haven't uh, that technology needs to come. Yes, smellovision. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember there was like a, a movie. It was like a. I don't know, it was a Disney or like a Nickelodeon mm-hmm. movie, but they made scratch and sniff cards that you were supposed to take with you to the movie oh, so wow. you could smell the movie. Oh, I want to say it might have been Harriet the Spy, which is like the first Nickelodeon movie. There was a movie know. John Waters did back in the late 70s called Polyester that he was like the pioneer of that idea. And we do that at Alamo sometimes. We like give away. Really? Yeah, we'll give away scratch and sniff stickers for like, we were just talking about Jurassic Park before the podcast, and they have like this one smells like dino poop. This one smells like <laughs> dino spit. This I don't know what the how. I mean, they just smell gross. It's it's it all is it all it is, you know. So, mm. uh, but uh, it's a fun it's a fun concept of the whole scratch and sniff. It's like the you know the old well I shouldn't say blonde joke because that's no one tells those anymore. But it's like how do you kill a not smart person. You put a scratch and sniff sticker at the bottom of a pool. But I'm shh. Yeah. No, let me look. Yeah. Um, oh, you don't have to look. I was just. That's, that'd be a cool thing to, uh, to put on your shelf. <laughs> but yeah, um, but like for people who may not know, um, DNA is a double helix, oh. not a triple helix. Uh, so <laughs> the joke is that they got it really, really wrong. <laughs> I mean, that's that's kind of par for the course with these ignoble prizes, is it not? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, these guys. I was going to say, get those little DNA flasks and then put your DNA in it. Uh, that could mean anything. That could go sexual. back to the, the first one I was talking about. about the. <laughs> I wasn't even thinking it about it sexually blood. until you said. It could, 
Oh, it could be like Billy Bob Thornton and Angelina Jolie had the little vials of blood around each other's necks. I'm going to make so many pop culture references. <laughs> That's, That's all okay. I do. That's okay. Just <laughs> don't expect me to get them. Uh, it's okay. I don't... Yeah, I don't... doesn't do pop culture. Yeah, I do no, nerdy it's, pop it's culture. Nerdy. I, I know nerdy things. Um, so like Harry Potter or Star Wars? I, I, yeah, I can do... I, I'm more of a Trekkie. I do. Okay. I have seen Star Wars. I, I do like Star Wars. Trek 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 is what I... I, I I could tell you like back and forward, <laughs> backwards Ooh, and forwards. You should do a ke- chemistry of Star Trek episode sometime. I do. I, w- I really want to do one on like dilithium and dilithium yes. crystals. Yes. <laughs> and the, so, or just just a general like sci-fi chemistry like unobtainium from Avatar. So silly. Like mm. the name unobtainium. <laughs> yeah. If we did an episode on that, I would be more lost than any of the other episodes uh, we've ever done. Not a sci-fi. Yeah. I, I'd be uh, like, I don't know what this is. Yeah. I thought you were so talking about Avatar. So when does Hermione show up? Uh, yeah, yeah. That's... I thought you were talking about Avatar: The Last Airbender at first, oh, and then you said an unobtainium, and I was like, yeah. Oh no, you. Oh the yeah, blue no, one. I mean the blue, the blue, blue people, <laughs> the, the sequel coming soon. Yeah, James Cameron. I, lo- I love. I love. I was gonna say, movie. are you plugging the movie for no. James Cameron? Yeah, yeah, I'm plugging all the draft house. <laughs> we were talking about. I just there's an. You were talking about World War II. There's an Oppenheimer movie coming out at some point soon. Oh, I would love yeah. to watch I, an Oppenheimer I forget, movie. I forget who's playing him, but I'm you know, I'm gonna look it up because that's a thing I can do with phones. Um, but yeah, it's um, I'm pretty sure it's a Christopher Nolan movie who did like Batman Begins and and Dark Knight Rises and um, oh uh, the the one with Leonardo DiCaprio, um, um, Inception. Mm. But uh, let's see, I think it's just called Oppenheimer, but. It it goes back to the subject, so yeah, it's got bah, 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 um, Christopher Nolan, um, Cillian Murphy is playing him. He played the Scarecrow in the oh, in the ba- Batman okay. Begins, and then Florence Pugh is in it as well as where's as well as Matt Damon and Emily Blunt. That's a, and Robert Downey Jr. Wow, that's a stacked cast right there. Mm. I'm not even gonna read all the people, but good cast. Yeah, so, Oppenheimer movie 2023. Mm-hmm. Another plug for a movie that is not yet. <laughs> All right, but back to Ig Nobel Prizes. Sorry, yes, Ig Nobel. No, you're good. The next one, also from 1995, the Literature Award went to David B. Bush and James R. Starling of Madison, Wisconsin for their deeply penetrating research report, Rectal Foreign Bodies, Cases, Reports, and a Comprehensive Review of the World's Literature. (laughs) Wait. So was this uh, was this a work of nonfiction? I'm guessing. No, it was it was a it was a medicine report about what was found in people's butts. Okay, well, so so were they proctologists by nature? By, I, by, I have by, no idea. By not nature, but yeah, I'm a born proctologist. No, like by uh, <laughs> trade, by trade. <laughs> Some people are. <laughs> I mean, um, so uh, that should be the new like slang term for gay men. I was a born proctologist. <laughs> yes. Uh, are, are you? Uh, are you? Are you practicing? <laughs> are you a practicing proctologist? It's <laughs> like the episode. Some poor of, actual proctologist is going to say yes like, oh, and no. be like. <laughs> well, I was just thinking about the the Jackass movie uh, again. You know, I'm I'm a I'm a 12 year old boy at heart, as all 40 year old men are. Um, where the guy he he put, one of the guys puts a matchbox car in and goes to a proctologist and they do an X ray and they're like this should not be there. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> so is so did they go into detail about what was found up there? Oh yeah, I got a whole list. Oh yes, you yes, want yes, the yes. list? Oh, yeah, 100%. I <laughs> don't right. know why I So their list you. <laughs> uh, consists of seven light bulbs, a knife sharpener, two flashlights, a wire spring, a snuff box, uh, an oil can with potato stopper. 
I don't know what that means. Uh, eight, eleven, or sorry, eleven different forms of fruit, vegetables, and other foodstuffs. Yeah, that makes sense. A jeweler saw, a frozen pig's tail, which oh, uh, a tin cup. They a, got to him quick. It was still frozen. <laughs> <laughs> See that? I didn't even think about that. <laughs> um, a tin cup, a beer glass, uh, and w- so that was all in from like different patients. Okay. And then there was one particular patient oh. who had uh, a pair of spectacles, so like eyeglasses, okay. a suitcase key, and a tobacco couch. Uh, a tobacco pouch in a magazine. His his insides were like the TARDIS. <laughs> you got that reference. <laughs> yes, yes. His insides were like the TARDIS. It's I just want to know inside. why. Why did he keep putting things in there? Because he could. Because <laughs> he could. I was to yeah, like maybe nothing was on TV that night. <laughs> yeah, nothing. Like, on, there's <laughs> nothing good on. I want to know maybe how he they was could... trying to get really famous online, like that girl. Um, uh, did you guys watch that documentary on Netflix about the most hated man on the internet? I we had that website, Are You Up, that would basically just post like essentially what we would call revenge porn. Oh yeah, I remember. Hearing um, about and there that was one, this yeah. one girl that was known as Butthole Girl because she would just like stick things in her butthole mm-hmm. just to wow. have like internet fame, so she huh. could be close to the creator of the website. Because is was, it like, actually a, Butthole Girl? So, that's that's what they called her. I mean, and in the on the Netflix documentary where it has like the little roll at the bottom, mm-hmm. it says it says her name, and then in the quotes it says Butthole Girl. <laughs> wow, that's like, that's not how I want. That's kind like, of like, I mean. There's a lot of things I would do for like internet fame, place. but that's not one of them. Yeah, you don't you don't want to. I mean, I want to know I'm when. I'm not putting the, anything in any hole. When her album is dropping, out of her butthole. <laughs> <laughs> Next thing you know, she's gonna be making that like it's I, Friday style it, yeah, music. Yeah. Oh yeah, Rebecca Black. Yeah. Oh no, that's a throwback. But not that. That song far. slaps though. I love it. That song. it it's a pretty. It's. Pr- I love all the memes surrounding that. It's so great. Um, so I want to know how those guys got the light bulbs up there without breaking them. I mean, that's, that's, that's a discipline. Is it kind of like when you put an egg in a dog's mouth? Oh. See, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Cause like, it's not, I thought the thought on that one was that like your dog, of them. your dog knows uh, that it's like a fragile thing. Are you saying that there's person, that these butts knew that they sentient was a, buttholes? Yeah. <laughs> I, I like it. <laughs> that's that's like a, that's a movie a idea. Guys. It's like a sentient bubble. Did you guys watch the movie No? Nope. Big Mouth. Oh, Big like Mouth. All the yeah. body parts talk to them. Oh, they oh, do. Yeah. yeah. Did, did y'all watch Nope? I feel like the alien was a sentient butthole. I did not get to watch <laughs> Nope. I want to though. I'm sorry. I, I, I forget. You know, I said anything that doesn't give it away. That's actually a really stupid way of describing the <laughs> uh, the uh, creature uh, or lack thereof in the film. Yeah, I'm a baby. Um, I I want to watch horror movies, especially the I'll ones by um, it's by Key, right? Uh, Jordan, Jordan Peele. Peele. Jordan Peele, yeah. Um, um, but yeah, I I want to go watch them because especially Jordan Peele, like he he's giving a new a new twist oh, on the yeah, genre. No, like he's, it's not the same co- cookie cutter stuff. Interesting stuff, yeah. Um, and so I was like really excited, but also I'm a baby and I'm afraid yeah. I'm gonna have a nightmare. So <laughs> well, see, that's when what, you watch. You watch the scary movie, and then yeah. you watch, like, Bob's Burgers for, like, two hours after go. that. Or, like, or, you know, at, like, you know, 
Avatar. You have to have you a buffer do, like, Legend of Korra. Yeah, I you was always so have to have a buffer. I was so scared to watch horror movies as a kid. Like, I would spend the night at a friend's house and we'd be like, oh, we, were, we got Jason 4 or whatever. I'm like, cool. And we would watch, like, the tame horror movie first, like Leprechaun or whatever that's not that bad. And then and then they put on Jason, like, this is the unrated version, guys, uh, with even more violence and blood I and mean, stuff. I mean, speak for yourself. Yeah. I have nightmares to this I day really... about Leprechaun. Oh, uh, wow. Really? I actually, I did watch the movie, I think, last year, and then I uh, realized okay. how stupid it was. It's pretty... I watched it when I was a little girl and it just scared me. I could see it scarring you. Like, I saw it when I was 12, so I was like, kind of like, eh, you know, and I yeah, knew that I, that was the guy from Willow, so. I didn't know that. I, like, I literally had nightmares. <laughs> oh, no. I have a recur. It's like the same recurring nightmare. And the only way I can kill the leprechaun that's trying to murder me is by stabbing a banana in its forehead. A I, banana? That makes sense. Yeah. Why a banana? I don't know. You know I, I, just I don't said know. It I thought sense, I could not explain my dream to you. I just know that I've had that dream probably like forty or fifty times wow. throughout my life. Oh. Wow! I picked a I picked a, the bad a bad movie. It doesn't was, scare me anymore because yeah. I watched it and I. But um, I mean, the dumbest thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> okay, okay, no more movies. Back to okay, science. Sorry, it's okay. Uh, I'm really excited to tell this next one. Oh, cool. Okay. And then you can go for yours. I'm sorry, but no, 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 I, I, no. I've I been looking like at it and I'm more. so ready to tell this story. So 1996, the year of my birth. Uh, I'm super excited. Uh, George uh, Gobble of uh, Purdue University got the prize for lighting a barbecue grill in three seconds using charcoal and liquid oxygen. Okay. Now this interests me highly <laughs> because I switched from charcoal to propane years ago because charcoal takes forever yes and i don't like waiting on food okay but no you don't want to do this okay explain to me why i don't want to do this so what he (laughs) so when i looked it up he used 60 pounds of charcoal okay and three pounds of liquid oxygen Uh, and so liquid oxygen should do so liquid oxygen is super flammable super explosive if it comes so like you can accidentally create it in the lab because um liquid oxygen is uh like can be condensed in liquid nitrogen y'all were talking about this on the hager bosch episode yes Yes. i've listened to the throwback yes it is because i'm (laughs) a bad a (laughs) <laughs> and I, I, I'm, I like podcasts. I listen to all podcasts. Well, awesome. But yeah, so liquid oxygen is super explosive. So yeah, that, um, it's actually part of that. our safety training is if we see um, our liquid nitrogen turn blue, that's liquid oxygen. And then okay. we should leave. Yeah. I, well, that, now I know. <laughs> is that what's in um, oxygen tanks? No. So oxygen oh, okay. tanks are comp- just compressed oxygen. Oh, They're okay. not. It's not liquid. But it's still really flammable because I know you're not supposed to like smoke around Yes. Them. So oxygen yeah. in general, really flammable. Um, liquid oxygen, take that regular flammability and times it by 10. Like it wow. is explosive. Wow. Okay. Okay. So he took this 60 pounds of charcoal. He soaked it in three pounds of liquid nitrogen. He burned 40 pounds of that charcoal in three seconds okay. when he lit it. So he probably <laughs> didn't have a successful barbecue. An he did explo- not That's food. almost an explosion. It is an explosion. Okay, what? I did the math. Okay, I did math for this one. So how? What is what is this like equivalent to explosion wise? So okay, so um, from from the news report I found one. I think I think you call them bricks bri- or briquettes. 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 One briquette. <laughs> uh, soaked in liquid oxygen is equivalent to one stick of dynamite. 
Whoa. And how many did he have? 60? He had 60 pounds of it. So one <laughs> one briquette is 0. 0.056 pounds. So he had like three or four bags of this stuff. Had to have. Yeah. So I pounds. did the math. That's equivalent to 1,071 sticks of dynamite that he set off in three seconds. Did he do this in like a rural area? Or? I think he did this in his backyard. Oh, his <laughs> former backyard. <laughs> But yeah, there's a video. I couldn't find the video, but I saw pictures. Um, cause like a lot of it, cause this is from 1996. So like, um, a lot of this, like the stuff I could find were like on those like archive sites. Okay. Yeah. Um, but somebody who maybe is better at digging could actually find the video, but I saw a picture of it and like the fireball was as big as him. Yeah, that's from that weird era, like the mid-90s, where we don't have video of every, literally everything that happens now. Like, yeah. anything like that, somebody would definitely have, like, an iPhone on right now. Mm-hmm. It's like, let's see, Dad, die. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, but it's also the time when safety rules were not a thing, Oh yeah, apparently. Because no, no. I'm like, where did he get this liquid oxygen for this purpose? <laughs> Was he a scientist by trade? Or so, I mean, he worked yeah. at Purdue University, oh, okay. so, so I he assume he like got it from Purdue somehow. Purdue's in Indiana, right? Uh, I, I thought Purdue Indiana. was in Texas. Am I, I wrong? I feel like he's definitely one of those people that likes to hold the Roman candle. When it yes. set it off. Yeah. A hundred percent. There's a joke about chemists. I don't know if I've told it on here yet or not, but there's two kinds of chemists. Mm-hmm. Ones that want to understand fire and ones that want to make bigger fires. <laughs> Those are the only two types. And, and that goes back to some men just want to watch the world burn. Yes. <laughs> or I mean, burning things is Oh, no, fun. you're right. It is Indiana. But burn is, burning is, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I burned some Indiana. stuff as a kid. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah I, was, I was thinking, that's, so, so there's, I mean, I don't, I've only been to Indiana a couple times. My uncle lived there for a little while, but I feel like you probably get pretty bored there. Just mm-hmm. like, hey, let's, let's, let's blow up some charcoal. Why not? It's the late nineties. I ain't got nothing better to do. Yeah. Some TV isn't good yet. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. But, uh, I, I, I do think that most chemists were pyromaniacs as children. Um, and sometimes it, as adults. Well, um, it helped a lot of people in the long run. Right question mark that's a question mark yeah. <laughs> no but i mean yeah it definitely has helped people i, I don't think the the fires the fire part specifically has helped yeah, anybody but chemists didn't, on the whole have <laughs> yeah yeah just just when they when they lost their interest in fire and moved on to other chemistry based uh things yes okay um but all right what's your next favorite um I wrote down Ron Popeil because Ron Popeil is like one of those um, guys. He was sort of, uh, he was like a pitch man, you know, like a Billy Mays, like Billy Mays here for mm. ShamWow or whatever. Like but those he info was, yeah, info guys. He was like the original guy and he had a company called Ronco. And I think they would go around to like and obtain like, you know, fun things you know like uh he he did this one called the vegematic and i think it was just like you pr- your mom probably still has one in her house and now when i say your mom i mean my mom and <laughs> anybody's mom where it you know, like you there's it's sort of like the slap chop oh okay. you know you do you just i think that's what the vegematic my mom is. has uh there's yeah. the pampered chef version of oh that, yeah the then. Pa- see pampered <laughs> chef that is 
I, pyramid schemes are awesome. They're really not because they're targeted at women so often. Like, oh, do, yes. you, do you need extra income? How about you sell this stuff at like a thousand percent markup and only get like 10% profit back? It's like my mom did it. Everybody's mom did it. My mm-hmm. in-laws were into it. It's just, yeah. But but Ron, Ron Co. was kind of, he's sort of like that, except he was more like the QVC kind of guy and mm-hmm. uh, but yeah he he got one of the ig, ig noble award for the vegematic in like the mid 90s mm-hmm. and i think he's gone now but uh he i think he died a few years back but he was the original pitch guy so mm-hmm. that that sparked my interest a little bit so. yeah i think billy mays died too yes he did he he was one of those many many people that died in 2009 it was like the whole there's a south park episode about it where like all the celebrities that died over like the summer of it was like patrick swayze farrah fawcett Billy Mays, uh, Michael Jackson, uh, my dad, tons of celebrities. <laughs> it's, it's not not wrong either. <laughs> he wasn't famous though, unfortunately. Mm. If he was, if he was, it would have been for fixing copiers. <laughs> fixing copiers. <laughs> That's what he did. Yeah, he, he was a he was a he was the real life. Um, Here's another reference for you. Rob Schneider from I'm Making Copies. That guy. No, okay. Not a clue. That's before. Any that was like I was eight and that was an SNL skit. So mm. uh, See, I don't, that's why Rob Schneider's Schneider's. This might famous. be blasphemy, but I don't think SNL's that funny usually. It's, it, it, well, SNL it, hasn't been funny. It hasn't is. been funny in a long time. Surprise! Mm. It's like. Tina Fey, Bill Hader left. Like, I also don't oh, I like love sketch Tina comedy. Fey. So oh, yeah, yeah. Tina Fey. Like, I love Poehler. all the TV shows that uh, Tina Fey does. There's a there's a sketch like the pretty much one of the only ones I ever remember from SNL is. Um, uh, bridesmaids, Kristen Wiig yeah. has these little tiny hands. Oh God! <laughs> and it's yes. like the Lawrence it's Welk her, show. Yeah. My Rudolph, yeah, the Lawrence Welk show yeah. one. Um, Anne Hathaway and I can't remember the fourth lady, yeah. but they they like sing this song, and she has these tiny hands, and she just like has gigantic the weirdest... forehead. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then she just has like the weirdest lines. This is not a plug for SNL. This is just a plug for that specific sketch. It, it's um, it's on it's online. It's hilarious. I, I know the one you're talking about. You yes. should, it's, that one's really good yes. but that's for okay. SNL but those yeah. I think those were like the the ones that I think were more because now I think they try to be kind of like they're pandering they're always mm-hmm. pandering to someone now yeah. and it's really yeah. like it's no good if you're making something to pander to a certain specific like ideology it's not going to be any good yes. and it doesn't matter what the ideology is like mm-hmm. you should just make something because it's funny yeah. be, like it's if it also proves a good point that's good right but that's not the purpose i guess usually I too i feel like they're trying to prove a point like they're trying to be right. punchy with it and i feel like they're often not like it falls short yeah uh yeah because like if you there's a good way to make punchy comedy like that mm-hmm. and i feel like they just are falling short of it yeah uh and maybe it's because it's sketch i don't know yeah, but there really, just doesn't feel like there's enough heart in it a lot no. a lot of the time it feels yeah. very dry Sketch comedy is stand-up comedy that failed. Like, it's, <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. it's stand-up comedy that's just all set up. Shots fired. And no punchline. And that's why. I don't, like... <laughs> Some improv person's gonna be like... Or is improv the same as sketch? I, yeah. I feel yeah, like it is, right? Yeah, I mean, I mean, don't fight an improv comic. That's a weak person. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna hurt your feelings really hard. Yeah. Um... Yeah, I feel like you could fight just about anyone, and I would I would bet on you. I don't know, David Cross yeah, could hurt I'm a my crazy feelings, person. but he does both. He's one of those rare yeah. both guys. <laughs> so. Well, because David Cross is really like he's really smart. Yes, he is. He's, he's very intelligent, yeah. especially yeah, when is. it comes to like just making the weirdest connections. You could oh, like yeah. most most comedians when they tell a joke, they like you have basically like an A, B, and C mm-hmm. as you that you can do for your punchline. Mm-hmm. 
Most people go A and B. Some people, really great people, go C. He goes W. Yeah. Like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> the, great, the most wild thing you can yeah. think of is his punchline. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The the yeah the. Uh, he's very skilled. Yeah. He he. I think since Bill Hicks died, he's probably like the closest to and that smart. Love. I'm a big Hicks fan, but I don't. Yeah. So. But uh, he's great. I love. Yeah, that's he's one of the guys that got me into do wanting to do stand up. Yeah. Is, I mean, yeah, I'm not that smart though. <laughs> especially as somebody who is, see, stand up is one thing I am a nerd about. Yeah, especially <laughs> as as somebody who is from kind of like that school of comedy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and even though he does do like movies and sketch and all that kind of oh, stuff, yeah. he really does do stand up in the purest form when he yeah. does it. Yeah, yeah, Because I, I feel like a lot of times whenever actors are also doing stand up. They are acting. Yes. Mm. Yeah. Like, um, no, I'm not going to name specific names because that's mean. And it's actually actors that I really do like. Um, but whenever, a lot of times when actors do a stand-up special, mm-hmm. it just looks like they're playing a stand-up comic. Yeah, and it's hard for them comic. to go back mm. to if they were like yeah. a successful stand-up that like acted for a long time. Like I can't even imagine what like Eddie Murphy would be like coming back after right. like doing... And I love, I love his... I mean, he... He had some He's problematic stand-up, <laughs> but uh, but uh, very problematic. But uh, but He's it, very good at it. Yeah, he sees, yeah. So, they had like 19. So we hijacked the thing to talk about stand-up. <laughs> sorry, okay, Dylan. Sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> You're good. My next favorite. All right. 1998 Safety Engineering Prize went to a guy named Troy uh, Hurt, Hurtbus. I don't know how to say his how, last how name. How does that spell? H-U-R-T-U-B-I-S-E. Hmm. He is from uh, North Bay, Ontario. Ooh, um, he got his award for developing and personally testing a suit of armor that is impervious to grizzly bears. Oh yeah. So I mean, in Canada, hundred percent necessary. There's there's a there's a city called Churchill in in like northern. I don't know if it's in none of it, Canada, where the law is you cannot lock your car. Because yeah. in case a bear comes and messes you up, and you can go car. hide in your in like the Any nearest car. car. Yeah, yeah, it's like oh, I'm gonna hide in you know Jeff's car because I mean it's not like a big populated town, but yeah, it's it's uh, it's one of like one of the northernmost mm-hmm. places in Canada that's populated. That yeah, I think like bears are so I could see a bear proof suit needing being nece- necessary, especially in. Yes, Canada. I think why he won an Ig Nobel Prize though, because like that's like regular like did he, a good thing. Did, did he die testing it? He did not die <laughs> testing ah. it. He made a full length feature length documentary about testing. Well, it wasn't Grizzly Man because I watched that one and it ended with a dude not alive. Um, yeah, no, the, he he did live. Um, good. It, it, I do think it is actually a very good grizzly bear proof suit. What, I think it's what, it, what was it made good. out of? I have no idea. That is not what I researched. It was for made this. out of unobtainium. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so there's a full feature length movie about him testing the armor. Um, he does like stunts in the movie, question mark. I don't know if this is like a jackass style movie. I didn't get to watch it. Does the suit just look like a dude, like a big dude, so he could realistically do stunts? It's like, the one I saw was like red. It was like a red, it looked like red plastic kind of suit. I don't know if it's plastic or metal or what. So he looked like a really crappy Iron Man, basically. Yes, that's what I would describe it looking like. (laughs) But yeah, it was directed by Peter Lynch. Uh, I know that name. I don't know. I didn't know who that was, but um, but apparently the film is now a cult classic in the United States. What, what year did it come out? Uh, I don't know. 
That um, sounds like a movie I want to watch. But apparently it Tune is um, the favorite of, it's like, report. it's rumored that it's the favorite of Quentin Tarantino. Okay. I, I mean, he likes some weird stuff. Mm-hmm. He, he, he likes some out, some, honestly, Tarantino likes some movies that are just downright bad. Yes. <laughs> He's like, oh yeah, the, the cinematography in this scene is like, oh, shut up, dude. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I, I yeah. That's, he also wrote a book. Called Bear Man. Bear Man? The Troy Hurtbuse story. I feel like he could have come up with a better title. I mean, probably Definitely. the three of us could give a better title in five minutes. Like, you know. <laughs> oh, the movie's called Project Grizzly. There it is. Oh, Project Grizzly. Okay. Not to be confused with Grizzly Man by Werner Herzog. That's a that's a cool movie, but I won't go off track talking about that one. Um, I had my next one. If you, did you have more to talk I about? More, I just oh, wanted yeah, to do, like do, read the description. You have more than I book. do. Yes, <laughs> I just wanted to read the description for the book because this is how it starts. This is again a self written book, and it starts off by saying, "Known as Canada's Don Quixote, <laughs> Troy Hertz takes on a strange but true journey. He starts off with developing a bear suit." Has a movie made about made about him, Project Grizzly, and continues on to develop leading edge technology for military applications. A brilliant, unapologetic man, Troy holds nothing back in his telling in telling his tale. Wow! Not to bring it back to comedy, but that a hundred percent sounds like a lot of people's bios. Yeah, like he wrote that you have himself. to write your own bio. Yeah. So I'm always like, I don't know what to say, and I read other people's, and it's like. He's open for this person and this person, and everything he does is cutting edge, and that's exactly what it yeah. sounds like. Well, the funny thing is, he said it said leading edge. Who says leading edge? It's like, no, I don't cut edges. I lead edges. <laughs> that's fair. I didn't even pick up. Yeah, that the guy. Edge. That, I'm leading that, the edge. That, I'm leading the edge. And I want to know. Uh, he's unapologetic. He's like, yeah. I, I made a bear suit that works. Sorry. Oh, wait. No, I'm not. <laughs> sorry, not sorry. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Sorry, not sorry. I'm awesome. Sorry, bears. You can't eat me now. Whoops. I'm not apologetic. <laughs> I also love, he's like the, I like that he calls himself the Don Quixote. I know. That's he the part could, that killed me. He couldn't me. think of a better. Because <laughs> Don Quixote's not a good person. Like, not well, a good person to compare like, yourself to. Yeah, no, not really. <laughs> Like, the whole point of Don Quixote is that Don Quixote is dumb. Right. Uh-huh. Or, like, he's senile, right? That's the whole thing. Maybe like he did he's... that, like, in, like, a, you know, he sees himself clearly. <laughs> I love if he had, like, a little I, I boo-boo. I really hope so. If he had, like, a little boo-boo uh, bear following him around, like, like his Sancho Panza. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. I, it's Don Quixote's little guy that helps him out. Oh, I, I tried to read Don Quixote, but I just I read an abridged version. <laughs> got you, got you. And I watched the cartoon Don Coyote that was like on the Christian channel when I was like 10. It's it, called Don Qui- Coyote. Don Coyote, but Don it was like, it was, it was this conquistador coyote. And <laughs> it was really dope. I think it existed. I'm gonna have to Google it later. It might have been something I made up in my brain. Um, that's uh, that's even funnier if it's not. It, real. it is. It really is. Yeah. It's like oh, I just thought that was. Fun. I thought Coyote sounded like yeah, yeah. He could have thought of something better than Don Don Coyote. He could have said like the the Iron Man of Canada. I don't know. What do you have next? Um, <laughs> let's see. Nolan and. St- Nolan Steel, Stillwell and Sands, who um, they pioneered uh, the technology, uh, how not to, uh, how dudes shouldn't, um, 
zip their wangs and their zippers. I don't know how much testing was involved, but I think they just watched the movie Something About Mary over and over again, and they're like, see, that's what he did wrong there. He zipped it up too fast. <laughs> so, was this a physics award? What, what kind of I, Yeah, probably. I should have written that down, but I'm going to look it up. Because I'm just curious. Like, did this? Did they do math, or was this observational? Or <laughs> Oh, man. Statistics? Um, statistics? <laughs> that's a good question, but I'm going to... No one... There can't be. I think they pr- probably did this project like in a men's bathroom. Gross. Yeah. I mean, I mean but where are you going to get that many guys zipping their pants? Uh, okay, but that's not a controlled environment. You I know, I'm thinking scientifically. Places, but they're not PG. Uh, no one still wants. I mean, it's, what if if it, it's a controlled environment? Okay. If it's like a clean bathroom, what if it's the bathroom in the science department that they okay. work in? You know. I. I yeah. Hmm. Um. So here's what the article says: acute management of the zipper. Entrapped penis. Um, a zipper entrapped penis is a painful predicament that be, can be made worse by overzealous intervention. Any male over the age of five or any, I'm sorry, any person with a penis over the age of five knows that. You don't want to, if you zip it up too fast, you don't want to unzip it too fast because then you can cause more damage than you over the age of five. Uh Described in a simple basic approach to release that is least traumatic to both patient and provider. So I'm guessing you need a hand so when you was do this, this. Was this medicine? This was, oh man. Because the question was, say. what, what <laughs> prize was it? Um, <laughs> yeah, what category is this? Yeah, let's see. I found another one that I far, forgot to write down, but uh, you can go and then I can go for another one because this one's really hilarious and I feel like it'll... Uh, be a source of, of much comedy okay uh the next one i had was from 1999 is the chemistry prize it went to uh takishi uh makino president of the safety detective agency in osaka japan for his involvement with s check an infidelity detection spray that wives would apply to their husband's underwear <laughs> okay so what is it how does it work so, okay, according to the news report I found, um, it is two chemicals that you spray onto the underwear. Okay. Um, and uh, basically, if the um, person is cheating, the seminal fluid involved will cause a reaction in the chemical spray and turn it bright green. But what if he was just like having fun by himself at work? That is the problem, yes. Huh. So many problems. Okay, with but this, this is like, it's real. It is a real thing, yes. Because that sounds to me like, you know, whenever people would tell you, like, oh, don't pee in the pool because there's a chemical in the pool water. Yeah, I, yeah the, that's, no, that's it's, 100% it's real, so, yeah, it's so real. this is real. It is real. Okay. I mean, um, it's like a whole new, it's like so a scientific someone, version yeah. of let me smell your dick. I'll cut that part out. Um, I was exactly <laughs> thinking that same thing. Let me smell your dick. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> But it, it is like it's a scientific version of that, and I feel like that would be more effective than the spray. Yeah, but um, I think the spray yeah. the spray them, is based like there's a, there's one that police use too for like crime scenes to like detect the presence of oh luminol? okay huh? oh you luminol? know it's not lum- this is not luminol okay. but yes yeah it's like that's that. the idea so it's like yeah CSI stuff where they're like oh there's blood here there's yeah exactly whatever here yeah okay yeah so like it's based on that so I do think this is real. Um, it seems a yeah. little far-fetched. Like, okay, yeah. No, I mean, it makes sense. Well, the, that they could the do purpose it. for yeah. it, yeah. 
Um, but yeah, so it's like basically like a private detective agency. So in like there, the cost of this was cheaper than having someone follow your man. So like if you think your man is cheating, this was like oh, one of the things they offered. Okay, you could do this for it was. Um, let's see, it was it came out to one hundred and seventy five pounds for the spray. Um, but if you were to have your husband followed, it would be okay. Well, this is in yen. Okay, so but it'd be thirty five hundred like, yen for yeah. the spray, and it'd be five hundred thousand yen. I don't know what that is in in American money. I didn't do that math, but uh, yeah, yeah, it's like in the hundreds of dollars. But, yeah, but yeah, range. it was a discount way to find out if your husband's yeah. cheating on you. Yeah, that's okay. That makes sense. I mean, um, I I I could see. That there be a, a market for that. Yeah, sadly. I, I can see the market. Yeah. Um, but then, so I kept reading this article because I read the whole article. Yeah. And then the part that I was like, okay, why did we stop at this at this chemical that detects yeah. it? Because the next part, they, this same agency gives these women also a gel, which a wife can rub on their her husband's back before he goes to work. If he has a shower during the day before he comes home... He will get a he'll get blisters. Like this thing causes blisters. Whoa, that's messed up. What yeah. if he went to the gym after? That's exactly what the report was like. <laughs> Haha, what you if shouldn't he just have worked out without the gym? Wow. This sounds like you could just use this to like be really vindictive to people. Yes. I see you've been seeing someone. No, I just yeah. Wow. I mean, don't get me wrong. Cheating is wrong. Yeah. But yes. Causing someone physical harm. Yes. Because they cheated on you. It's hey. not the best way to make sure he's not going to cheat again. Hey, let's invent a product. Like, he's just not going to shower next replace time. Replace a conversation. Because yeah. well, my other question was, like, well, how long does this stuff last? Yeah. Because yeah. it just sounds like the next time the man takes a shower, he's going to get blisters. Right. Yeah, no kidding. You get, it's like, hey, let me scrub your back real good with this dry cloth before you get in the shower. I mean, right. Yeah. Like, what, what, what's the, the removal process for yeah. this? But I'm like, it's all in the same, right? if it, like, same if it article. gives blisters based on water, how are you supposed to get it off? That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. Like, what? That's yeah, really strange. I uh, I don't like this invention. <laughs> no. I think it's bad. I think it's, I don't like it. Yeah. And, yeah. like, the... the it's so this canceled. is like a private detective agency, right? And yeah. so like the the actual police for Tokyo were like, yeah, a lot of innocent men have been uh, victims <laughs> of this. Wow. Yeah, that's uh, that's that's sad. <laughs> oh, and there was another one that um, if the man took his socks off, they would change colors. I don't know how that was supposed to work. <laughs> what if he's got <laughs> bunions? I don't. What if he just um, likes to take his socks off, you know, to have just his feet? What if he likes to rub his feet on the carpet at work or something? It's yeah. gross and weird, but you don't yeah. have to... It's not a sign that your man's cheating on I, you. I, I so a lot of men have sex with their with their socks on. I those feel I've are, heard that before. Those men are dorks. It's like a it's like an older man thing. <laughs> oh, older. Yeah, I can see that. It's like, all right, you just, give me just a second. Okay. So um, I found this one. So many of these are about... Penises, or yeah, a lot or, of them are. or things. I feel like that's sort of, um, and this one I thought was was pretty interesting. Uh, an it's an art. Uh, it's a, a Nobel or Ig Nobel Prize, Ig Nobel Prize for Art, uh, presented jointly to Jim Knowlton, a modern day Renaissance man, for his anatomy poster, Penises of the Animal Kingdom. <laughs> I feel like I maybe have seen this, like in a Spencer's Gifts or something, that where like it's just like Spencer's. a bunch of 
a bunch of pictures of like a yeah, monkey, you know, a dog, a dolphin or whatever. And it's, uh, and, um, for encouraging, uh, they, then the national endowment of the arts encouraged him to extend his work to a pop-up book. I thought that was really funny. A yeah. Book. But yeah. It's like, <laughs> Hey, what if you did? It reminds me of that Bob's Burgers episode you mentioned Bob's about you know the anuses that the the yes, sister paints. Yes, and then they paint underwear on <laughs> yes, the animals. Yes, yeah, yeah, that cracks me up. So, so oh, this guy's so just good. like, hey, how about how about we get a bunch of animal penises and put them on a poster? I mean, I, I feel like it could be educational. I mean, that could you know, I mean, you know, biology and such. You know, if you're into as you know reproductive. You know, whatever animal, an elephant or what have you. I went to medieval times the other day, and they don't, uh, uh, they don't, um, what is the word for horsing? They don't geld their horses, all those horses. Mm. And I'm like, I, I, I don't know if I've ever seen horse genitals or testicles before. There were so many of them. It was like, hey, cool, medieval times where your kids can get educated about horse stuff <laughs> sorry that's a complete aside but it is another plug for medieval times go there you could be a knight for the evening or something i don't know all right middle medieval times this is your ad you need to pay us now I know, right <laughs> if only it worked that way every time you mention a company it's like give me money now uh, uh, <laughs> all right this one's one of my favorites okay 2000 pri- peace prize was given to the Bro- British Royal Navy for ordering its soldiers to stop practicing using live cannon shells and to just inse- instead just shout bang. <laughs> it took them <laughs> till the year bang. 2000 to do that. Well, no. So, like in 2000, I guess like they were they were running out of money. Like they didn't have enough oh, money. Okay. And so their their idea to save money was to stop practicing with live an- ammunition. So they, this was like practices. So yeah. they would just like aim their aim their weapons and just yell bang. Okay. So like bang, bang. <laughs> I, I imagine they're all very proper British British men. Bang, bang, <laughs> boom, boom. I got you. So basically, doing like cops and robbers. Uh huh. Just like pretending I imagine to like shoot LARPing. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, like I hit you with my sword. Now you're dead. Yeah, because like it's supposed to be Bang. realistic, right? Like, cops right. and robbers is still like a game. Yeah, they 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 have to take it very seriously. And do they be... do the same thing on the on the shooting range too? Like, I think I got him. I got him right in the head. They just they do like a they just say. <laughs> oh man. But yeah, uh, I found a quote that that somebody said that he described the process as damaging to morale. <laughs> I can imagine. Yeah, I mean, it's got to be not as fun. That's the reason right? you, like, go into, like, the military or the armed forces or whatever. It's like, give me the gun now, please. I did all the other stuff you said. Now give me the gun. That's I, that's my perspective. I mean, some people do it because yeah, they're patriotic. Yeah, I mean, people like, uh, people like guns. It does, <laughs> if you've never shot a gun, it is pretty fun to do it. Like, it it's, and is. I wouldn't say it's fun necessarily, but it is exciting. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's like, yeah, no, it's, it's somewhere in between like, you know, eating an ice cream cone and riding a roller coaster and like, hey, this is, yeah. I could do this more often. Yeah, like especially like shooting at targets and stuff. Like <laughs> yeah. it, it's it can be fun. Yeah, like if you're, oh, yeah. you know, no, yeah. I wouldn't describe being in the military as fun. No, no, you know, like, no, not unless you're like uh, a Sun Tzu. <laughs> okay, that too. Yeah, <laughs> Genghis Khan, somebody that really liked just conquering. 
Okay, that that's hilarious. So, do they still practice that in Britain, or did it no, just like no, no. They, they, it lasted for like six months? Like, we're gonna start shooting real guns again. And yeah, yeah. I don't think it realsies. lasted very long. I don't know when it ended, but I, I assume eventually they stopped shooting. Probably that. after nine eleven, they're like, we need to practice stuff for real because <laughs> a lot of stuff changed after nine eleven. That's fair. Um, <laughs> I did not think about that. Yeah. The next one I have is a person who won an Ig Nobel Prize and a regular Nobel Prize. Oh, wow. Are there a lot of like, is that like the EGOT, the Emmy, Grammy, <laughs> Oscar, Tony? I got a Nobel and an Ig Nobel. I got no, the knee, the night to say knee. Now I really, now I want that. <laughs> oh, you want a scientist that have like an N-I right here. Or, you know, it's like, look, I got both. And for some reason, I've got a you know, Mark Twain Award or something. Some other weird prize they give out occasionally. Pulitzer. That's an idea for merch in the future. I like that idea. I think, I think, I think you should, you should, you should. Just like a checklist yeah. of random awards. Yeah. Uh-huh. So you, and, and if you win the award, you get to check it off on yeah. your shirt. Yeah. There's got to be a bunch of those. Like Whoopi Goldberg has an EGOT. Like I think like Barbara Streisand has an EGOT. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but who, who's the person that has both? Uh, his name is Andrew Geim. Um, He's from the Netherlands. Um, him and Sir Michael Berry of Bristol University in the UK won and he won the Ig Nobel Prize for using magnets to levitate a live frog. Did they make the frog eat a bunch of magnets first? No, I, I don't think so. Okay. Um, there's a video of, of the frog floating. I want to see that. I'm going to look that up later. That, that, that's got to be cool. That frog has no idea what's going on. Yeah, he's like in air and he's just like... And I can like just in picture that right now. Oh, poor frog. He was probably so confused. Yeah, he's probably fine. I mean, it's only for a few minutes. <laughs> he thinks he's a superhero now. He's like, if I'm gonna, I can make it happen again. I <laughs> if be... I just believe hard enough, I'm gonna fly again, Bob. I, that's I'm a, telling that's you, that's a kid's book right there. That's like a that's like a kid's movie or book. The frog that thinks he's a superhero because he got tested off with magnets. And he's like, I've got to be a, I've got to do it for real now. It'd be like Ratatouille, <laughs> <laughs> frog tattooey. No, that's that doesn't make sense. <laughs> So, uh, and what did they, what else did they, did they get another prize for messing with magnets? Yeah, I think, I think his real Nobel prize was something to do with magnets as well. I didn't look it up because we're talking about Ig Nobel prizes. Okay. Um, that makes sense. Yeah. But yeah, so he, he did win, um, he, uh, it was, his research is all about magnetism. So I, oh, okay. I assume the Nobel prize is also magnetism, but it was not related to the frog. <laughs> okay. It wasn't like, I bet you what he did is he's the guy who like invented that method that they use on Breaking Bad. They got the giant magnet so they could erase that computer that had all of like their stuff on it. Anybody? No? No. Nope. I'm <laughs> it, sorry. It's pretty cool. It's a pretty cool episode. They use a giant magnet because they can't get to where their computer is. So they like use a giant magnet to erase all the information on this computer because it's inside a police storage room. And they're like, how can we make sure they don't get the information about our drugs? so it's it's i mean the power of magnets yeah a magnet magnets and fire those are the two mm. my, if i were to pick my favorite chemical whatever things i don't know no magnets aren't chemical though are they that's more physics right well i mean magnets are made of of chemicals yes okay cool i wasn't wrong then i know yeah, there's i know a lot of chemistry research that's about sig- single molecule magnets oh okay um, what is a rep what is an example of a single molecule magnet I don't know like a specific compound, but I, I think a lot of them use like gadolinium. Gadolinium is what they use in um, MRI contrast agents. Oh, okay. So 
this is like how magnets work in our everyday life other than on my refrigerator because that's the only time i ever think about magnets yeah it's like refrigerator name tag that's all Mm -hmm. and and, but they have like a lot of practical purposes as far as like in medicine and that's super cool yeah uh, magnets are super useful for imaging so like an mri how mris work is they um you know it's a giant magnet Mm -hmm. and a fancy radio essentially so basically the magnet takes all the water in your body and mm-hmm. the protons on your water, it um, sinks up with the magnet because oh, it's a cool. positive charge, right? And then there's a pulse that knocks all of those molecules out of alignment with the magnet. And then what the thing is doing is watching the water come back into alignment with the magnet. Oh. And how fast it does that um, corresponds to the density of your tissues. Okay. So that's how they can map out your tissues. So, um, so these guys that floated the frog, what was the purpose of that? We're just like, we're just going to see if we can do it. Uh, I think so. Yes. Oh, wow. Okay. I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I love I don't know what the purpose of so much science. <laughs> if I were a scientist, I would just be like, I'm going to see if I could do this. I don't care if it has any purpose. I would, I would probably go way off track if I, if I ever got a, a any kind of knowledge in science, I would probably <laughs> use it all for the dumbest things, but that's that's why I went into the um, humanities as opposed to the <laughs> sciences. So my mind goes off in places that are weird. I'm not, yeah. But uh, so what else do you what else uh, do you have as far as awesome? Honestly, I've so many. <laughs> I, I made that too long. What, of a which list. one is is the least penis related? Because I feel like we've I had feel our... like none of mine were penis yeah. related. Oh, Your... okay. Well, okay, maybe the cheating one was, but yeah. yeah. Kind of, but not directly. All of mine were like sperm, but, you know, it's, this is where my mind goes. This is, this is, but I did talk about Ron Popeil, who uh, I'm glad I worked him in somewhere into a podcast. Um, but yeah, so the next one I had was a 2000, the 2002 prize for chemistry to Theodore Gray. His prize was for making a periodic table table. So it was a literal table that he put element like examples of the elements in the table. That's that's like that's like Kramer's <laughs> coffee table book about coffee tables. Yes. Yeah, that's yeah. Uh that's, he also now has a book. So if you actually want the book, um he's got a book called it's just called The Elements and it's got images of the things that were in his table. Are you telling me there's a coffee table book about the table periodic table? That's made out of a table that I'm seeing how far into. <laughs> I, yes. I went too far with that. Indirectly, but yes. yes. Wow. Because, I mean, in, in, in practice, any any book could be a coffee table book. Yes. It's like the Mitch Hedberg joke. You know, any kids, any kids, or any book's a children's book if the kid can read. So, <laughs> I mean. Um, but yeah, I also found out that this Theodore Gray person owns the periodictable.com. Yeah. The, oh wow! The peri- like just periodictable.com. That's a good he, website he own. Um, and it does have a periodic table on it, and it's very useful. It's actually very useful. I've used it before, and like I never made like I just made this connection today. <laughs> oh yeah, no, it's like it's like the the website that you know just you go to, and it says you're the man now, dog, and it's just. <laughs> I don't know what that is. Okay, never mind. That's for my brother. I'll I'll, make, I'll tell him, dude. Listen to this episode of this podcast I was on so you could hear the funniest reference. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, then I have one from 2003. Went to a guy named John uh, Trinkhouse um, from the Zicklin School of Business in New York City. Um, He just wrote 80 detailed academic reports about things that annoyed him. 
So like the For first, example. The first one I have is, what percentage of young people wear baseball caps with the peak facing to the rear rather than to the front? I feel like this is a, like a real life Dwight Schrute. He's just like, yes. Uh. Um, what percentage of shoppers exceed the number of items permitted in a supermarket's express checkout lane? Wow. Um, and then this one's my favorite. What percentage of automobiles drivers almost but not completely come to a stop at one particular stop sign? And he wrote multiple versions of this. Wow. So in 1982, he wrote the first one, stop sign compliance, an informal look. In 1983, stop sign compliance, another look. 1993, stop sign compliance, a follow-up look. This guy really was like obsessed with people like, yes. just don't, don't stop. Why don't they stop? 1997, stop sign compliance, a final wow. look. A final look. 1999, stop sign dissenters, an informal look. He said a <laughs> final look. Okay, but the last one's about stop sign dissenters. So oh, somebody probably oh. came to him and was like, I'm not going to stop at a stop sign. And then he wrote a paper about that. I don't think stop signs <laughs> are all that important, dude. And he's like, uh-uh. Mm-hmm. Wow, he just found an excuse to write another. He just wrote, yeah. It's like kiss, like this store's our final, our farewell tour. No, it's not, Gene. It's not. Just because you fired a couple guys in the band doesn't mean it's a new band. Yep. <laughs> uh, funny, funny guy. So that, yeah, he just sounds. He just sounds like a like a guy with too much time on his hands. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, that's hilarious. But yeah, eighty papers just about things that annoyed him. I mean, and you know those aren't short papers. They're probably oh, no. like you know. He, you know, the, the the 30, 40 pages, you know, and he's citing his sources and everything. It's like, he's got, he's got an annotative bibliography. <laughs> I just imagine for the stop sign ones, because it's, it's at a, at a particular stop sign. So I just imagine oh, yeah. he's being like really nosy and like sitting on his oh, lawn. Oh yeah, you know, he's a busy Just body. keeping track of yeah. how many people stop at yeah. the stop sign next to his house. I bet you, I'm just going to go out on a limb right now and say this dude is racist. This is like, how many people of this race came into my neighborhood this week? <laughs> He sounds like an old lady I lived next door to who was convinced that any non-white person was going to kill her in her neighborhood. Oh, my God. Uh, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm projecting onto this man. He might be perfectly nice. He just it sounds very fastidious. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought he was grumpy. He just, just strikes that, that me as too, grumpy that in too, general. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. He, he just needs someone to hug him and say, it's okay, man. You don't have to be so anal retentive. <laughs> You go ahead. Okay, this one, um, uh, it's mathematics, and it was presented uh, in 1993 to Robert W. Fade of Greenville, South Carolina. Shout out to my buddy Josh Salmons. He's from Greenville, South Carolina. Oh, um, Josh from the library? Yeah, you know Josh. Shout out to Josh. He's the sweetest <laughs> dude ever. Yeah. Yay. He, he, uh, <laughs> I haven't seen him in a minute. That's um, a reference we both know. <laughs> yay, cool. Yeah, yeah. Josh is he fingering. gets a personal shout out. I'll jo- have to tell him. <laughs> All right, yeah, no, I'll, t- I'll tell him too. Um, but uh, yeah, so he's from Greenville, South Carolina. Um, he uh, maybe he's related to Josh, or Josh is related to this guy, Robert W. Fade, far-sighted and faithful seer of statistics, for calculating the exact odds. I can't even read this number because it's one, two, three, four like five commas. Mm-hmm. So it's got to be like 
quadrillion, something like that. I don't know. I know a gazillion's not a real number, but whatever. However, it starts with seven one zero six zero nine one seven five one eight eight two eight two zero 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 two one. The Mikhail Gorbachev, former president of the Soviet Union, is the Antichrist. So there are fewer people than that in the world, like way, way fewer. So I want to know how he came up with that number. So, okay, I'm sorry. So, so he, this he, person was calculating the odds that Gorbachev was the Antichrist? Yes. And, like, the Antichrist is actually a thing you can calculate. Like, oh, I can... But wouldn't the odds be one in however many people there you were? You would think so, unless it's like, um, so, you know, like Trump. I mean, the odds obviously are way higher. Just be- not because of, I'm just not political. He was in a position of power. I feel like you be a person in a position of power like Donald Trump, especially Donald Trump, would be the Antichrist more likely than me or something because I don't have power and money and uh, influence. So I, but, but you're saying the more influential a person is, the more likely they are to be the Antichrist? Yes. So Mikhail Gorbachev, but I want to know how that number is fewer than the exact okay, amount of people in the world. What if the Antichrist is just like a manager at the Verizon store? I would love that. <laughs> I would, I, I mean, oh, maybe it's my, it's this guy, Chris, I know. I bet it is. Based on Not Chris Hobart. On, no, 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 no. And not he's Chris, just like, Chris he's Hobart's really disappointed a, his father, the devil. Yeah, no, the devil's like, oh, man, he, he didn't I do mean, all the cool good stuff. Omens. Yeah, because he was omens. adopted. Yeah. <laughs> is that a TV show, Good Omens? Or it's is a, it? Well, it's a book first. There's oh, also no, a TV show. Oh, no, I watched show. that. I watched that. It's the one that had, um, um, uh, don't tell me, the British guy and the Scottish guy. Michael, Michael, <laughs> uh, one of the former Doctor Who's, right? Yes. I watched that. Yeah. No, I like that. That was really good. Um, yeah, David Tennant. David, David Tennant. David Tennant, yes. Yeah, so I want to know how, and, and this was after Gorbachev wasn't even president anymore, I think. He might have actually still been. But it's really weird that someone like took the time to calculate uh, like a not, like these guys that say, oh, the world is this many years old because I added up all the numbers in the Bible. Like, that doesn't well, make sense. He might also be talking about all the people that have ever lived. That's, that's true. Oh, that's fair. That I didn't consider that. Which is out. something, I mean, they could never, I mean, can they? Can, I'm smart, too, sometimes. Could that be calculated? Can you calculate that? I don't even know. Uh, I mean, you could definitely estimate it. You could yeah. try, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I would imagine that there, I know there are estimations of how many people have ever lived, so. Oh, cool. I'm going to have to look that up because I would be interested to know. Because that might, that might match the same, that number. Cool. Okay. Uh, yeah. But I wonder if he's taking into like possible. Uh, never mind. <laughs> like aliens and stuff. Like, well, what if an alien was the Antichrist? That that's well. So it depends because like some some denominations believe in aliens, some don't. Yeah, you know your Mormons and stuff with their other. I mean, they they what don't they, believe. I don't in know if they believe Mormon. in aliens. I know. because yeah. like people are supposed to get the other planets. Yeah. So I don't know. Oh, this what one if, is yeah. What sorry, if the God. Antichrist is like a squirrel? Ooh, I think mm. so. That could be, yeah. He, he just, like, he's like, know. I'm going to store so many nuts, and when I get X amount of nuts, then the world is over. Because <laughs> I'll flood it with nuts. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> just like Noah, and, you know, I'll flood, you know, God flooded the world with... He said he wouldn't flood the world with water again in the Bible. You think he's going to... He's going to flood it with, squirrel, with, with acorns. That's mm. what's going to happen. That squirrel's going to store enough acorns in a tree, and he's just going to let them all go. Boom. <laughs> There's another kid's book for you, The Antichrist Squirrel. <laughs> uh, so uh, what was your last one, Dylan? Um, uh, my last one was, uh, I'm skipping ahead to 2019. The 20, oh, recent. Yes, 2019 Physics Prize went to Patricia Yang, Alexander Lee, Miles Chan, 
uh, Alan Martin, Ashley Edwards, Scott Carver, and David Hugh. That's the biggest like spread. That's the largest group of people awarded one prize. Yes. Um, and so their study was how specifically how and why wombat, wombats make cube-shaped poop. Okay, I have I have actually curious about this because it's something a fact that I only found out fairly recently, and I want to know. I don't think this is an ignoble prize. This is a legit. <laughs> Morgan is curious about this, and it, and and he wants to know prize. Okay. <laughs> Did they figure it out? Yeah, let me let me read let me see because I actually didn't I didn't get a chance to read it. They have cube shaped buttholes. They don't is. have cube shaped buttholes. <gasps> they don't. No, no it's... it's like the Plato thing where you like just squeeze it out and, and it comes out whatever shape. Okay, so I don't know if this is the answer you want, but in the final eight percent of the uh, azimuth. Or, sorry, final 8% of the intestine feces changed from the liquid-like state into a solid state composed of separate cubes of length 2 centimeters. So then they make little tiny cubes. Okay. This shape change was due to the asmothely varying elastic properties of the intestine wall. By emptying the intestine and inflating it with a long balloon, we found that the local... Strain varies from 20% at the cube's corners to 75% at its edges. Thus, the the intestine stretches preferentially at the walls to facilitate the cube formation. Okay, so it's basically like their insides make it that that shape. Yes. Yeah, okay. uh, Selena showed me a picture while you were talking. They look like charcoal briquettes. So when Dylan was describing this, I was thinking like a perfect little cube. Like like this this is how simple my brain is. I was thinking like a Rubik's cube. I was just thinking like a poop-colored Rubik's cube, and they're more. It's more <laughs> it like, a looks charcoal, like a charcoal. Brick it looks yeah, like it a charcoal brick, like which is kind really of a cube like wraps shape. All the way around. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that that is a perfect wrap around. And uh, and uh, here, don't uh, soak the poop in yeah, liquid oxygen. Exactly. And here's a word from our sponsor, Blue Chew. <laughs> uh, they have to give us money now. We've already established that. We've already established. Alamo that. has right. to give us money. My brother has to give us money. Josh, Josh, you hear this? Josh, you have to give us Josh, money. Josh Salmons, <laughs> poor Josh, or he, or he can let me pet his dog Inky because I like his dog. I, I babysat his dog one time Aww. when he was in the hospital. <laughs> uh, that's been a minute. Sorry, Josh. I shouldn't mention you being in the hospital. It was but funny there's, though. There's not yet a like a prize or like some kind of engineering project where they build buildings out of wombat poop. Not like that, large buildings, but you know. Like, yeah, I could like live in a like wombat. A small, what if poop? you made like an igloo? Yeah, a tiny of house. Poop? Yeah. Does wombat poop smell bad though? I, I mean, mean, probably. I don't know. What do they eat? Um, I, I think they're vegetarians. Yeah, so it probably doesn't smell that bad. They're the cute little little um, like kind of raccoony yeah, guys, right? If it's yeah. like, I mean, if it's dried out enough, it doesn't really smell anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that isn't that. Uh, yeah, it's like so. You're a, saying we should freeze dry the poop. Mm-hmm. Yes. yes. Then make bricks out of it. Yeah. Yes. Because yes. <laughs> it seems very structurally sound. I'm with her, 100. <laughs> percent This is how they can rebuild Australia because they have all those horrible fires. This is such a good educational fires. podcast. I'm so glad I did this. <laughs> this is science. Science. Hey, you know what? Sometimes science is hilarious and gross and involves. Well, wieners. I mean, the whole the whole point <laughs> of science, you know, is to see if things work, right? Or like yeah. see how they work. That yes. Why not? Yeah. 
Um, you're I'm not a, wrong. Uh, I'm about I just it. think it's, it's I silly. Think it's yeah, it's we're, really we're dumb. Going, but, we're going, you know. And then, like, you know, next next time we're probably going to talk about Nobel Prizes. And so we're going to go from, like, yeah, every now and then we have to have to, <laughs> to yeah. the, the top the top of the field. Every now and then we have to have a very silly episode because yeah. otherwise it gets too dark. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Otherwise, um, it's too many Nazis. Yeah, yeah no. This this one was, was uh, Nazi 100% Nazi-free. Nazi-free. No Nazis for, for this podcast, <laughs> at least this time around. Yeah. But, but we made up for it in peniles. Yep. So either that that's, that's I guess, the brand now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, we'll cut it off here. We're going to end it. Apoptosis is going mad, my liver's gonna fail. Maybe it's from the radium I use to paint my nails. Well, say you hate me, carbon date me, throw me in the sea. I'll be back with time because I'm made of stardust and chemistry. Of stardust and chemistry. Hey.